0: Hello, welcome to the Market Weekly podcast. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and this week I'm joined by Peter Abbott, European Equities Portfolio Manager, to talk about the outlook for European equities. If we think about the macro picture, it's actually pretty positive. Uh, In general, countries are making progress on vaccinations. We have progressive Uh, lifting up restrictions around lockdowns. Uh, We're expecting that to continue into the summer, hopefully get a full vacation season for people around the region. At the same time, we should be seeing the next generation EU funds that were actually approved last year finally being paid out to countries. So we'll see a bit of a similar fiscal stimulus to what you've had in the U.S., we look at the economic data that we've had recently, for example, the purchasing manager indices, they've come in quite strong and above expectations. So really, as I said, a positive outlook, we think, at least from an economic point of view. If we look a bit more closely at the European equity market, uh, since last March in 2020, at the bottom of the markets, European equities are up over 60 percent. Uh, in the teens for the year-to-date performance and actually despite perceptions that that European equities have lagged US equities since last November when we had the first announcements of the positive vaccine trial results, European equities have outperformed US equities. So first question for you, Peter, uh, compared to the results say from last March, European equities have lagged a bit, but as I said, they're they're catching up. How do you think that progression is going to go from here? What is the potential for European equities to catch up yet further? Hello, Daniel uh, and everyone.
1: Uh, well, I think there's considerable potential for them to uh, to catch up in the future. Just jogging back a little bit, there were lots of reasons why uh, many investors didn't want to be invested in Europe, and uh, a part of that was uh, a little thing called Brexit. And of course, that is that is uh, now but a distant memory uh, in many ways. Uh, also, remember that. Uh, as with most of the markets, often that the focus is purely on the on the U.S. Uh, and indeed that's often the the first port of call for many investors. Uh, and in, in fact, it's only until very recently that uh, inflows have started to uh, to take place. Um, you know, clearly, I think with the you know the change in uh, the administration in the U.S. Uh, following the election. Uh, last year and the you know the final confirmation in early january this year uh, the 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 biden administration and their stimulus probably explains you know a large part of of this improvement and certainly if you look at the performance uh, of uh, us equities uh in, in obviously dollar terms they, they've increased uh, significantly and they're now uh, over 25% above their pre covid level uh, and just you know thinking about that uh, so the world is sort of effectively a lot worse than it was uh, because of COVID and furloughs and demand destruction. And the equities are considerably above. When you're looking at that from a uh, uh, European-based investor, where you have to take into account uh, the change in the currency in the US because of all this stimulus, actually, the US equities don't look uh, quite as extended. So there are about 11.5% above pre-COVID levels, uh, whilst Europe is up just less than 6%, so 5.9%. So, there is a lag, but it, it's not perhaps as wide as you might think. Uh, indeed, if you look at you know, how the market values those earnings, uh, and you look at a, a longer-term metric, uh, such as the sickly adjusted price-to-earnings ratio, you know sometimes known as the Shiller PE, uh, and, and just as a reminder uh, for those uh, not particularly uh, knowledgeable about this metric, it looks at the, uh, the average uh, P.E. based on the market price, taking into account average earnings over the last 10 years and adjusted for inflation. When you look at that metric, uh, the European market is on 23 times, whereas the U.S. market is on 35 times. You know, So just in very simple terms, the European market is about 35% more cheaply valued on that longer-term measure compared to the US. And also, if you look more recently, the value that Europe is now takes us back to about 2018, whereas the last time the US market was at this value uh, was in 2001, as the TMT bubble was bursting. So, you know, there's quite a lot priced in, uh, in terms of that optimism for the US markets. So I think there's considerable scope uh, for European equities another factor that uh, i think is also worth just bearing in mind is that uh, although we tend to focus on the us market uh, because it's uh, you know the, the very dominant uh, market in the world you know all that stimulus doesn't just benefit uh, the us it helps a lot of other countries as well and so the rising pmis that you mentioned earlier you know certainly europe and particularly german exports have been a big beneficiary of that uh, the service pmis are also catching up globally and so, when we think about European companies, uh, which are the most internationally diversified companies of all the regions in the world, um, you know, roughly about uh, 45% or so from Europe, about 30% from the Americas, just over 20% from the emerging markets, and the remaining 5% or so is Africa, Middle East. You know, those are particularly well based for a broad-based recovery. And they're not just reliant on one market that perhaps some other markets are. So I think there's a good potential for recovery
0: from here. If we look at the Q1 reporting season, it was extremely strong. And you would have anticipated perhaps a more positive reaction from the markets. But over the last couple of weeks, it seems that they've kind of shrugged off some of the good news and have been a bit more hesitant. Do you think perhaps the recovery in earnings was already largely discounted in the price of European equities? And if that's the case, what's going to move European equities from here on? Yes, uh, Daniel. In in terms of the
1: earnings recovery, uh, I think we have to remember you know, what a difficult period it was in the first quarter and the second quarter last year. Uh, and so, in many ways, it's not surprising that earnings growth came in well above expectations because. A lot of analysts and a lot of the market really didn't have a very strong view on exactly where earnings would be. And I think, you know, also we have to just consider that uh, many of the brokers who who make up uh, the consensus earnings estimates tend to be a little bit of a lagging indicator. Uh, That said, if we look at earnings growth relative to 2019, so over a two-year period, uh, for many companies uh, earnings growth is is above where it was, although we have to, split that over the two years. Uh, Looking forward from here, I think there's a lot that we can be optimistic about, certainly companies, which is what we're invested in, that they're pretty optimistic. You can see that from the PMIs. Their intentions are that they are expecting recovery. And I think probably most people listening to this call will also have best intentions to be going on holiday, to be spending times with friends, going on transport, all the things that they haven't been able to do. And I think that's likely to take a number of quarters to build into uh, results and therefore share prices. So, um, you know, while I think, you know, shorter term, I think there has been some disappointment in terms of the share price action on what appears to be very strong beats In, in many ways. I think that's to be expected because. Going back to just an earlier comment, you know, the the market is a discounting mechanism to incorporate the future. And, you know, a lot of that has already been incorporated into short term share prices. So from here, it will be the quality of the companies and how much they can uh, deliver their earnings over an extended period that I think will sort out the wheat from the chaff.
0: One of the most notable market phenomenon that we've seen since last November has been the rotation into what we call reflation beneficiary. So value compared to growth, cyclicals compared to defenses to some degree, small cap uh, versus large cap. How do you view that within a European context and how do you take it into account in your portfolio? We have been managing European equities
1: for 13 years now at uh, BMP. and over that time uh, we've seen numerous rotations in the market and that sort of occurs where you know, the market participants have a change in their perception of what economic growth might be. Uh, over that 13-year period, as I say, we've, we've seen lots of these rotations and typically they'll last for probably either one or two quarters. So you know, at the start of this most recent rotation, uh, we we uh, anchor back on the 9th of November, which was when the Pfizer-BioNTech uh, vaccine announcement was made. Uh, and so that was quite a difficult period for us. Uh, we then moved into the new year. We had Brexit out of the way. We had the U.S. election out of the way. We had massive government stimulus. So, you know, it is it is not surprising that perhaps if there is a lot of money in markets, there's a lot of uh, liquidity, then perhaps value or, or growth will be, be less common and perhaps companies will be more favoured where their value. I think the points we would make out that this style has lagged for over a decade. Uh, and so it's probably a little bit early days to decide whether this is a, a continued feature or not. I think it's also worth mentioning that you know you're highlighting the difference between value and cyclicals uh, and we've certainly noticed that a lot of the companies that have benefited particularly in that uh, early period in the fourth quarter of last year were what we would define as lower quality companies the companies that had lagged in the performance uh, during 2020 because of covid also those companies that had a lot of debt and so you know if you just again ask yourself the basic question well, if those companies lagged during very difficult times and now they've been very much in favor, what is the likelihood that they can sustain that performance in the future? And that is something that we're perhaps a little bit more uncertain about. And that is why we spend a lot of our time looking at the structure of the industries in, uh, for our holdings uh, as we think that's the primary determinant of whether they can uh, keep that uh, sustainable growth or not um in terms of those again the, those companies that have done well the value uh companies you know many of them have re-rated significantly that's the very you know the obvious easy bit and again that's that's not too surprising because we're we're only into may of this year uh, and we're many countries have only just recently come out of lockdown so this hasn't been a huge amount of opportunity for uh consumers and companies to spend a lot of money so the rise in the share prices is largely driven by a re-rating and now we need earnings to come through and so that will be extremely important um in terms of your question about how how do we approach this um we don't particularly like to take any you know style uh, or you know bias in our portfolios We're very much a bottom-up stock investor. We look at the companies that we feel should be able to produce reasonable earnings growth and cash flow growth over the medium term. Uh, And we try to uh, ignore and not take into account whether there's going to be a recovery or there's going to be a recession. We just want to have investments that should produce decent uh, returns for investors over good times and over less good times. And I think last year's performance showed that in spades. Uh, We had a very good year last year uh, for 2020 in extreme market movements.
0: Thanks very much, Peter. What I've understood or learned from what you shared with us is, at least previously, Brexit may have been a drag on the relative performance of European equities versus the US. But now, uh, thankfully, I guess we can say that's history. And the perspective from here does seem to be pretty positive. Uh, We've got a significant valuation advantage for European equities versus U.S. equities. If we think about even the stimulus in the U.S. or the recovery in China, European equities are arguably the best place to take advantage of that given their quite global exposure. Uh, So the earnings outlook is positive. We're looking forward to the reopening and to holidays this summer. Uh, and then the final point about the rotations that we've seen since last November around cyclicals and value. Uh, certainly relevant, but fundamentally not the way you think about the market and not the way that that you pick stocks. And you're looking for companies that are going to outperform uh, through the cycle. So it's a bit more of a longer term perspective. Well, that's all we have time for today. If you'd like more information, please check out our Investors Corner blog. Or if you have further questions, you can also reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact. My thanks to Peter for sharing his insights. Please join us next week when I'll be speaking with Paul Milan on the outlook for stewardship in Asia. Until then, we hope you stay safe and take care.
1: This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BMP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information
0: and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.